social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. How do you want to start? Let's talk about all the game shows we've been watching. Okay. Jeopardy. Millionaire. The Bachelor. WOF. WOF? Yes. Uh, I don't. It's on every night. WOF. After Jeopardy. Oh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> we have never called it WOF in our entire lives. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, you want to talk about it because we have a million dollar winner of Millionaire. Yeah, David Chang. We first love, celebrity winner. We love David Chang. We do. I'm actually very proud of him. He won $1 million for a Houston charity on the show. The first celebrity the entire season that they've been doing this, right? I love that there's this quote that says, finally, my college education is justified. <laughs> Although waiting I feel for like that they moment. dumbed down the questions for the celebrities. They kind of did. We watched the one with Nikki Glaser. We yeah. did, yeah. Well, because she misspoke, so that was a lot of news. Right. Speaking of celebrities, guess what I can finally become? <laughs> Not a celebrity. Not a celebrity. But Twitter is relaunching their applications to get your account verified. And you oh, know that's my life that goal. that little blue check mark. I have actively wanted to be verified or have a reason to be verified on Twitter since I was probably like 12 years old. I applied to be verified because all you needed were just links that showed you've like written yeah, published work. pieces. Yeah. And I got declined. But that was probably four or five years ago. I mean, they don't know you've wrote a New York Times bestseller since then. <laughs> That's true. I think you might have a better chance than I do at this point, which I'm kind of sad about. Maybe this podcast will get us the blue check mark. Everyone's been saying that. When if, can we apply? They never actually completely stopped. They just were revisiting what the program looked like and Got how it. you could actually apply. Okay. Okay. Um, so there's a couple of new things that they're looking at, and that's going to all relaunch in 2021. So we'll hang tight looking until they tell me. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Did you see any ads on social this weekend that made you buy anything? Oh, I don't even know where For to Black begin. Black Friday, Cyber Monday. How much I have purchased. <laughs> I think I've purchased something every day since last Monday. Whoa, you're stimulating the economy. Single-handedly. Honestly, I'm done shopping thanks to this past week. Wow. I am very thankful I didn't even have to go into a store for it. Well, let me ask you. Okay. Did you purchase your items on your phone? Some of them. For, I mean, yeah, a lot of them, actually. What made you do that on your phone versus your computer? It, my computer was in the other room. It just was easier, honestly. I, the, and then with Apple Pay on my phone, too, it actually made it really convenient. Yeah, I feel like I used to browse on my phone and then seal the deal on my laptop. For Same. some reason, it just felt weird buying something on your phone. Maybe it's because my phone screen is bigger now. Yeah, I don't know. It <laughs> feels just, more like a computer. The whole checkout process has been made so much easier for me via mobile yeah. these days. Well, according to Adobe, mobile accounted for 40% of e-commerce sales on Black Friday. Damn. Yeah. That's a big number. Big number. Total spending on smartphones increased 25% to $3.6 billion. Hmm. Yeah, no one's really shopping in store. Nope. We're all still at home, which leads me to Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest is testing class communities to enable pinners to sign up for Zoom classes for different kind of workshops and DIY, like crafts, cooking, etc. Maybe I can finally take a charcuterie class. Oh, yes. This is really fun. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity here for finding new ways to spend time at home. 
Yeah, our guest today, Sarah Halverson, has experience creating this at-home content as well. She is a freelance creative director for one of our clients, Great Wolf Lodge, as well as many other brands. And today she talks to us about that experience of shifting from driving people to the lodges versus giving families things to do together at home. It's cute because she also shares how she uses her daughter as a guinea pig for some of the crafts and stuff that they promote on the Great Wolf Lodge blog. What a lucky, lucky kid. I know, I'm kind of jealous. (laughs) Okay, let's hear from Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. How are you? We're so good. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so, so much. We start every episode with something we like to call the social media speed round. All right. What is your favorite social network? Instagram. What is your go-to emoji? Um, the one with the squinty eyes with its tongue out. I'm not sure exactly what it's expressing, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely something in between laughing and disgust. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How about Twitter or TikTok? Uh, TikTok stories or feed i actually like to create stories but i spend a lot more time browsing a feed so i guess i'm a hypocrite in that way i think i feel the same way (laughs) me too um what instagram ad can you not get rid of probably some ridiculous clothing or something that i would never buy that i feel offended when they target me with it (laughs) but i was very flattered when hermes uh targeted me with their ads i felt like i had really made it yeah yes what about your favorite meme? Um, I don't know. I feel like memes are always just changing. So um, not to be too political, but I really appreciate anything making fun of our soon-to-be ex-president. <laughs> <laughs> I actually saw a headline this week that the Twitter account for Trump will be passed to Biden regardless of if he does fully concede. Like Twitter's preparing the account for him already. Wow. Oh, yeah. I, Twitter. <laughs> I bet they can't wait to boot him. <laughs> okay, last one in the speed round. It's 2005 and you're on MySpace. What song was playing on your profile? Oh man, it had to be some gangster rap. <laughs> I, I, I was in uh, Atlanta in the Creative Circus, so I, I appreciate some hip hop. <laughs> nice. Okay. I feel like we keep teasing this idea that we're going to make this playlist of all of the songs that people have told us as answers to that question. Yeah. And it's going to be such an eclectic yeah. listing of songs. I'm so excited <laughs> for it. I, I could really add some flavor to your playlist, I think. <laughs> nice. I'm into it. Great. I'm we need it. it. Yeah, we do for sure. Well, let's talk about you and your career. I feel like I have so many questions because you are a freelance creative director. I just, I want to know how you, you know, got into this role and decided to do freelance instead of, you know, agency or brand work. Um, I would have to say I did spend a lot of my career in full-time roles. So Mm -hmm. when I jumped into freelance, I really love the control and independence it allows me to have. Um, I can pick what I work on, how long I work on it, and even, you know, more of who I'm working with. And um, when you're in a full-time role, you're told a lot more what to do and there are more rules to follow. And then as we all know, and as a woman in this industry, it's very empowering to be able to say no. Definitely. So yeah, it's been a really great experience for me. I've been fortunate. I know um, 
Some people don't like it. And I can't say that I would have really liked getting into it earlier in my career. I felt like I had to have enough experience um, to really feel comfortable jumping into sort of any brand and any project. For Um, sure. That makes sense. Also, unlimited vacation is not bad. Uh, (laughs) All those things kind of add up to um, allotting a lot of freedom and independence that otherwise is missing in uh, a traditional full-time role. You have me taking notes over here of like, <laughs> ooh, maybe I should go freelance. You're going to get me in just trouble kidding, Carrie. Carrie. I'm saying, just yes. kidding, Carrie, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love what you were saying about having the kind of flexibility to choose which projects you work on because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, as creatives going into this industry and in school, you hear about these you know, clients that are going to do this dream work right. and you feel great all the time, but we know that's mm-hmm. not always the case. You may have a really fun client, but you may also have one that you don't agree with their values or you're just not interested in that certain product. Um, tell me about some of the projects you've worked on that you have loved and had the opportunity to choose. I would say my most exciting freelance projects are probably a tie between a video campaign I did for Google and a pop-up bathroom I did in Times Square for Charmin. A pop-up um, bathroom. Yes. Um, <laughs> wow. We need to hear more. <laughs> okay. So I know that um, it doesn't exactly sound amazing to create a bathroom, but it wasn't an everyday ordinary bathroom. It was uh, 14 unforgettable playful stalls, and they were um, individual immersive experiences to sort of transport people um, while they were using the restroom. And it was a really smart project coming from Charmin because it was in Times Square during the holiday season where there's literally nowhere to go to the bathroom. So yeah. any <laughs> yeah, anyone coming in there is automatically going to have this, you know, thankful attitude and this great brand experience. The entranceway and the lobby was very Instagrammable. And then when you went into these pods, they were so fun. So we had a lot of people posting on social and a lot of, you know, just really positive feedback um, from consumers. And it was really fun. Um, It was short lived. It was only up, I think, for a month and a half. But um, it was really fun. It was something completely different from anything I'd done before. Definitely like to choose projects based on doing new things. Um, I think that when you are diving into something completely new with a new team, it makes you a more versatile and stronger creative. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I would say that's another bonus about freelance is that you can kind of jump into different kinds of projects and you don't have to just stay, you know, on social and uh, working on the same clients and the same kind of work. You know, you can you can get longer term contracts or you can sort of choose to bounce around mm-hmm. and do something new every few months. So um, it does keep things exciting and, you know, you don't get stuck in the creative rut or anything like that because you're just constantly changing. And... Speaking of creative ruts, <laughs> I'm not in one. That's not what okay. I was going to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> how do you kind of constantly stay inspired for all the different projects that you work on? Where do you look to for this inspiration? I feel like inspiration is sort of everywhere. I love to have new experiences. I know that probably sounds like mm-hmm. a lame response, but um, no, I like- not at all. <laughs> I really like to look outside of advertising for new ideas. So yep. um, traveling, exploring different cultures and cities is definitely um, a way to look at things differently and sort of open your mind. And even in my own city of Chicago, I love to go to pop-ups 
um, cool museum exhibits. Uh, Virgil Abloh was here last year. Um, we had pop-ups from Glossier, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. Um, Chanel opened this beautiful multi-level new boutique on Oak Street. So went to that. Um, but just like really You're immersed- making me miss the before COVID times. <laughs> I know. I'm getting sad over here. I know. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I feel like I'm picturing you wandering the streets of Chicago, like with gears turning and steam coming out of your ears, like seeing all of these things and just like trying to take notes of how you can implement it into your work. <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes me sound kind of weird, but it's probably accurate. <laughs> no, no, definitely not at all. Definitely not. I feel that I look at Michelle the same way sometimes. <laughs> no, I think, it's, I, I think as creatives, it's awesome to live in big cities because there's always just like new things to yeah. go to and explore. And um, I want to hear more about, you know, some of your favorite creative trends that you've seen. I mean, in wandering and like looking around and taking in the beauty of the city that you're in or nature or whatever, like what things have you seen most recently that you feel like are big trends? I feel like one of my favorite things that I've seen happening is brands sort of going outside of their traditional space or what they're used to doing. So yeah, I mentioned before Louis Vuitton and um, Gucci both had pop-ups in Chicago, but they weren't just, you know, throw up a, an awning and, and throw in some merchandise. It mm-hmm. was it was fully immersive experiences. They incorporated the architecture of the building and they had art installations. So um, the whole exterior of the building was painted orange and there was humongous larger than life statues that were all orange inside and it was just everything was very tailored to pushing his new menswear collection but it just garnered a lot of attention around people wanting to see it as almost this cool art installation and then mm-hmm. it was yeah, just like a, museum-like almost exactly so um it's just a different way to you know have people interact with your brand that's instead of it being disruptive in a bad way, it's kind of pulling people into you and wanting and they want to experience your product. So it's kind of just turning things on their head. And I think that's a really creative approach. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like brands are trying to find that element of the unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think especially with social media, which we all work in, there's so much constantly happening that Mm -hmm. you have to keep up and be constantly innovating and putting out something new And I was just looking before this that ELF Cosmetics is doing like a Twitch activation with this like gamer girl influencer on Twitch. And I was like, that's great. That's so fun. They're probably the first like makeup brand, you know, to be to be doing that and just constantly trying to find that way to stand out and do something a little bit differently. Yeah, I was going to say too, the unexpected side of it all because of this unprecedented year too is even more popular. (laughs) I agree. Um, I just think that, you know, if you can think of a new way to reach people that you're going to, things that people actually want to interact with, then you're automatically going to give them a good experience with your brand and um, get some loyalty from them and some appreciation rather than people just being annoyed by constantly seeing the same <laughs> types of boring advertising and fast forwarding over commercials and feeling like, you know, we're just bugging them. So yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a s- smart way to go if you can figure out a way to 
to do that. Tie back to the, what Instagram ad can you not get rid of question? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Sometimes they're good. No, sometimes they are good for sure. Sometimes um, that's they're actually good a- and, and sometimes they're just plain offensive. It's like, really? You didn't yes. buy this? I saw a funny meme the other day that my friend had posted that said, my favorite way to online shop is to say out loud what I'm looking for and wait for my computer to serve me ads. And yes. it's, it, it's true and it's scary because it definitely happens. <laughs> I'm like currently locked out of my Facebook account. Something happened with my two-factor authentication and I missed all the good Black Friday ads targeted to me yeah you didn't buy, you oh, didn't no. make any black friday purchases because you couldn't get into your face i didn't have any ads telling me what to buy <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about the brands doing it well on social we talked about you know some of the more spammy stuff and then there's mm-hmm. some that we like but social media in general we know differs from other advertising channels like a social media post is not the same as a well-produced you know high quality commercial and i'm curious to hear from your perspective, because you don't work in only social, you're touching a lot of different channels and mediums. So what do you think makes social media creative unique? And what do you enjoy about it or wish could be better? Basically, with social these days, you can kind of almost do anything. Um, (laughs) As long as a platform can host it, um, you know, you might need to tailor your creative to Instagram or to Facebook, but it's very open-ended. And I feel that a lot of the social partners are really collaborative. So if you have a cool idea for Instagram and you take it to your social partners, they can even help you figure out how to best do something amazing on their platform. And I, I do feel that a lot of creatives get still stuck these days on wanting to do more glamorous traditional advertising like TV, but with mm-hmm. social, you can do really cool video campaigns and they can actually perform better and work harder than regular spots. Yeah, I feel like to your point, social media used to be the bottom of the chain or the last end of the chain where a commercial gets cut down for social or a photo <laughs> right. from a commercial is posted. And now, you know, brands are thinking of it, like you said, of creating that brand experience on social, thinking about mm-hmm. the platform first. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of brands aren't really leveraging it to its full potential because I feel like some clients don't really understand how much you can really do with it. But I feel like we are getting there. And because it's so easy to prove its effectiveness with statistics and analytics, um, it's getting easier and easier to convince clients to spend more money with social um, and and have a bigger impact with uh, your target audience. You can be so specific with who you're going after, you know, the messaging that you want to have and you can have, it's just so cost efficient and you can do things quickly. So, you know, you can have a million different versions of something. Whereas if you're spending all your money on a big TV spot, then you have one chance to get it right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I feel like so many larger brands were honestly up until this year and maybe starting in 2019. So risk adverse. Like Mm -hmm. social still felt very young and there was still like a lot of unknowns for some, some people. And it was just a little bit scary to figure out how to activate specifically on all the channels. And I'm kind of thankful because it feels like we've gotten past that, especially Mm -hmm. in this year, since everything had to be so digitally focused. So I think that's really exciting too, is just like 
now people are kind of open to this trial and error of mm-hmm. finding the value in social yeah. and how it works for them more specifically. Yes, I think that people are were always sort of turned away from having this virtual experience, but with mm-hmm. COVID and everything's on a Zoom call and you don't go into your <laughs> office and everything's on the phone, you know, it makes social less intimidating for people who don't understand how it does provide a human connection, sometimes a limited right. human connection, but a human connection nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> some some sort of connection. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yes, I think that it made it's made it a lot less intimidating for people who didn't really understand how they could use it or benefit from it or how it could uh, help with the brand. I want to keep talking about the pandemic a little bit because we work with <laughs> things you. someone's never said before. I want to keep talking. <laughs> yeah. Don't we talk about it enough? <laughs> but I want to keep talking about it um, because I know we work together on the client Great Wolf Lodge mm-hmm. and the pandemic caused the lodges to be closed. And I know some are open now, but I'm sure that was really difficult when COVID hit to figure out what does social media look like when all your locations are closed or people can't travel. So what has that been like for you? Great Wolf Lodge sees themselves as experts in family time. So we had to pivot from showing us as experts in family time just when you experience the lodge in person to now everyone's at home and we can still provide this um, sort of memorable experience with your family mm-hmm. at home. So we spent a lot of time creating activities, crafts, recipes, and other things that families could do together at home. And we've been working a lot on our blog and just creating a really sort of carefree experience for families there. Yeah, I I love that. I mean, just the idea of being able to take the lodge experience and things that families would normally associate with being in person in this indoor water park to Mm -hmm. the couch or to the living room or the dining room table is just really nice. Like it's still promoting the idea of being together, which is Mm -hmm. my favorite part of it all. Yeah, I was going to say too, I think it goes back to our conversation about social media advertising in general too, because you know, you're not just specifically trying to sell the product right now. You're not trying to just book stays right now, but you're just creating this, you know, experience for the customers at home to have positive associations with with the brand. They'll remember Great Wolf. They'll remember Wiley teaching yoga. (laughs) I don't know if Wiley actually does the yoga. (laughs) Uh, We also use social to sort of, um, put awareness around our paw pledge, which is just our promise at the lodges. If you are able to visit, you know, we have lower capacity of guests and, Mm -hmm. you know, masks are enforced everywhere and everything is clean and disinfected. So if you are able to go to a lodge that you'll feel safe and um, know that everything is uh, really up to the tip top standards of cleanliness, It's interesting to think about how much we want to see brands taking that sort of like cleanliness pledge these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, even like the local nail salon down the street in Brooklyn is posting on their Instagram about it. And then you see like Hilton or Great Wolf Lodge or chain restaurants like Chili's or anything like that (laughs) saying everything that they're doing. And never Mm -hmm. once did I think before this that I wanted to see. Like I was like, it makes you think about, well, I was like, no shit you cleaned, right? Like I would hope you did. 
But now it's just reinforcing that. And I, I like that transparency. I like that the brands are shifting to sharing that um, mm-hmm. and making that information way more accessible for customers. Yeah. I mean, I feel like some of the changes as far as cleanliness should be extended beyond COVID. I mean, how many times have we gotten sick traveling on an airplane because we weren't wearing right. masks? Right. Sarah, you're a mom yourself. How has this helped you during this time when you are coming up with activities you know, for moms to do with their kids or making sure moms feel comfortable knowing that the lodge is clean. Tell us, you know, are you testing out these activities yourself? (laughs) You read my mind, Michelle, because I wanted to ask, like, how has being a mom during all of this provided more inspiration for you? Um, Well, it's very convenient because my daughter, Ryland, is four. So she's one of the targeted ages for Great Wolf Lodge. Um, So I definitely filter ideas through my brain trying to decide if she'd like them or not. Mm -hmm. And I think about what she's into, how she digests content. Um, And then, as I mentioned, we want our activities to be really simple. So... Even a busy mom um, can have a little fun with their family and they probably have all the materials already and just a really easy, fun way to take a break and enjoy a little family time. And we've been doing these live events on Facebook. Um, We've only done one so far, but we're going to start rolling out more of those. We watched the pizza one. We loved the pizza I want to make the dessert pizza at home (laughs) tonight. (laughs) we, We just have to keep in mind for our live events Um, that we want them to be engaging for the entire family so as we all know it's very hard to keep a child's attention yeah yeah um so we just have to keep that in mind when we're coming up with ideas you know how do we keep mom and dad engaged how do we keep the kids engaged Um, so it's definitely a challenge um and I do create some of the blog content (laughs) (laughs) so when I'm writing the brief and choosing what we'll be doing for that iteration I make sure that we're executing ideas that Rylan would like to help me with because I usually have to capture photos of her participating. Yep. She's a star. <laughs> she, she's, she is featured on the blog several times. Uh, <laughs> some have definitely been more challenging than others. She was not really into the face painting. Um, so that was a little <laughs> bit of a struggle, but um, thinking about what she'd actually like to do and what I'd actually like to do with her. Yeah. Is there a craft coming up that you're looking forward to doing? Something for the holidays, maybe? Oh, I will be doing some snow globes probably today or tomorrow. Ooh. Some DIY snow globes. So um, we'll see how those turn out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like whenever I did crafts with my mom growing up, it was always like a shot in the dark. Like, this might not work out, but we're going to try it anyway. Yeah. It's always like you never like know. Like a Pinterest fail. Like exactly, like a Pinterest fail. Um, I, I'm very proud of our team because both internally and then with likable you know we've all been taking on different activities and and crafts and creating this content kind of just getting down and dirty and scrappy and everything's been turning out really well so maybe uh we'll have some we're all all getting uh yeah we're all mommy bloggers in training yeah (laughs) i think that it is really fun work and it is different so I've really enjoyed working there. Sarah, thank you so much. I love talking to other creatives. It's nice to have like similar minded people on the show. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Okay, Michelle, I feel like I need to ask you where you get your creative inspiration from. Oh, catching me off guard. (laughs) I would say similar to Sarah, just like in the world, I think I have a hard time sitting down and having a brainstorm and being forced to like think of ideas within an hour with all these people in a group because I do think that 
the ideas come if you see something that reminds you of something you can do for a client or if you're scrolling through social or reading an article and pull out a takeaway from it that right. inspires something. So I'm definitely with Sarah that it it happens all around us. I know. I love the experiential idea of it all too. It's just like wandering around, seeing street art or being in a grocery store and just seeing the way another brand yes, did something. Totally. It makes the idea of brainstorming feel so much less uh, intimidating too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that she shared that with us. The account that we want you to follow today, I actually chose it because it addresses something that we kind of talked about with Sarah a little bit in the interview, which is the annoying ads <laughs> and then ads that you see that you relate to and that right. you like and that you want to purchase the products. And I got an ad this weekend from a beverage brand. It's a a new kind of soda. It has less than five grams of sugar and nine grams of fiber, actually. okay. It's called Olipop. And I had an ad that said, we could have made you a fancy ad, but we know what you want. And then it showed the product and there was a promo code to get 25% off. Love that. It caught my attention. I went to the page. I followed them. All of their stuff is so cute. They do a great job with UGC, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And I am ready to try the soda. You're not even a big soda drinker either. I love that they got you. I know. It's stuff like this. Whenever we discover new brands to talk about on the show or find women at really cool companies, I'm like, how did they know to target me that I would be interested in this type of thing? That is a good question. I need to go to my preferences, preferences and see what my profile, yeah. what my likes say about You're going to have to get into Facebook Healthy first. soda. <laughs> no. Healthy soda with a cute Instagram aesthetic. That's funny. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk next week. Bye. All the social ladies, 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 all the social ladies. Now put your phones up.